here. Um, thank you guys for tuning in if you're out there. This month is Breastfeeding Awareness Month, so I'm going to be doing a show about that. And uh, let me invite my guest here. Uh, all right, let's see. Um, aha, I see she's waving at me there. All right. Hi. Good evening. Hi, good evening. Thank you so much for being willing to do this. No problem. I'm really excited to be here tonight. Well, I think it's an important issue. I'm a mom. Um, I breastfed and I know in the African-American community, some women are really concerned or nervous about this issue and are not educated enough. So that's why I wanted to have it. Um, mm -hmm. But let me introduce you um, and myself. Um, well, everybody who's on my side knows me, but other people may not. I'm Joy Keys, and I host a podcast called Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and it comes on Saturdays usually between 11 a.m. and 12 p.m. Uh, I'm here on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. I'm also on Twitter, at Joy Keys, and I'm on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. Uh, you can also email me, um, Saturdays with Joy Keys at hotmail.com. And the show is on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google, um, and at, at Blog Talk Radio. This beautiful young lady who is with me this evening, her name is Nishita Pollard, and she is a wife and a mother of two beautiful breastfed children. <laughs> uh, she's an yeah. international board certified lactation consultant. I had to read that, I had to print it out because I didn't want to get anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> she is also an author of Magical Milk and yeah. the owner of Lactation Goddess LLC. It's a brand that focuses on helping new and expecting families unapologetically to find their breastfeeding journey so they can feel confident in their abilities to lactate in a way that fits in their lifestyle. Her passion for supporting lactating families of color and normalizing breastfeeding is the motivation behind her book, Magical Milk. Working with breastfeeding families and hearing their stories along with her own experiences pushed her into this purpose. Well, thank you, thank you, and thank you. <laughs> I see people waving. I want to say hi to everybody. I'm going to be doing some giveaways. So you guys stay tuned. Don't don't log off or tell your friends to have them log on. And uh, if for some reason you can't stay on, I'm going to put the audio up on Blog Talk Radio and you'll be able to listen to it on the different podcast platforms uh, tomorrow after 12 p.m. So just look up my name and Nashida's name and, and you'll be able to find the podcast. Um, but let's just start at the beginning. You know, a lot of women, they're in the hospital, you had the baby, some women are in a lot of pain, they're just trying to take care of themselves. And there's this new live creature, you know, waiting, mm -hmm. crying, um, you know, seeming to want some kind of attention. You're nervous, you're scared. And now they want you to breastfeed? <laughs> You know, so how do you talk to a woman? How do you prepare for that moment, Nashida? How do you do that? 
Um, one of the biggest things I try to tell people too is not waiting until those moments. Um, a lot of that education needs to start even earlier than that. So I like to think prior to and learning as much as you can uh, during your prenatal period is really important. Okay. So participating in like breastfeeding classes locally or online or wherever you can get information, participating in support groups like the one locally here in Philly, uh, Bay Cafe. It's really important so that way you can get information and learn prior to giving birth, because once you're in those moments, it's like, okay, what do I do and how do I do it? And of course, some things will kind of help naturally, uh, especially if all things are kind of aligned and there's no medical conditions for either mom or baby. But ideally, um, since, you know, people think about it as a natural thing and just having babies latch on and kind of going from there is always like, okay, you just latch the baby to the breast. Uh, but trying well, let's stop to right take- there. Let's, let's stop mm-hmm. right there. So the best thing you're saying is to try to do it before those moments. You mentioned yes. a group here in Philadelphia. What's the name of that group again? Um, Bay. So the, the, the acronym. So sure, I'll share. But it's an acronym that stands for breastfeeding. Uh, uh, awareness and empowerment. Uh, so this is a nonprofit organization in Philly that really focuses on um, communities and people of color to help to support them in giving them education, uh, as well as offering support groups every Tuesday evening um, for the Philadelphia chapter and Monday afternoons for the uh, Pennsylvania chapter. So there's two different chapters that we currently have available for people to join in. And that right there is just a support group so some people to come on and kind of learn from one another and talk to one another because sometimes while you're going through those moments you feel alone like you don't know if there's other people who are near you or sometimes even within your own individual group of friends that may not you might be the only one you know maybe you didn't grow up with a family who even discussed this issue talked about it you don't know was i breastfed i mean did you you Mm -hmm. know was your mom breastfed so there's all of that so now let's go to the first thing is you're trying to get the baby to latch on. What does that mean and how, what's the best way to do that? So uh, when we talk about latching, is the baby actually latching onto the breast or the nipple and areola to um, nurse in to receive milk? So one of the best ways to do that is to get a deep latch. So if you think about just like the tip or the nipple, if the baby's just sucking on the nipple, a lot of times that's where some of that pain comes in. So I know you were referring to that earlier, right? (laughs) And having that as a challenge. But a real, um, trying to get a really good deep and effective latch is actually to get more than just the nipple into the baby's mouth okay and um because um i remember when i was breastfeeding and you know you're nervous and it did hurt in the beginning but then i would say after like a week or so then it kind of calmed down it it wasn't it it, it was fine um and as long as Mm -hmm. i continue so now let's talk about um how long should you be breastfeeding in each session so to speak like the baby's with you. Should it be 10 minutes? Should it be 20 minutes? Um, five minutes? How long should the baby stay there before you maybe have to take the baby off or, you know, take a break? What's what's the ideal mm-hmm. time? 
So yeah, I'm glad that you shared that because I like to tell people not to think of it as a time. Think about it as um, more on demand, right? So I like to tell people, you think about your favorite shows. Those shows are always there, right? You can go on and you can watch it and you can press pause, you can come back. So trying to think about it from that perspective versus, you know, that whole idea of I'm going to, you know, come and feed the baby for five minutes on each side or 10 minutes on each side. So um, every baby is different. So you want to be able to pay attention to their cues. So what does that look like? Right. Those cues. Think about like I always like to think about Thanksgiving, your favorite meal. That's one of my favorites. And um, after you've eaten, how do you feel? Right. Sometimes you get the itis, you know, you get really relaxed and you feel real chill. So we want to think about some of those Similar things with our newborns, with our babies, right? To be able to know, like, and that's always a big concern. Like, how do I really know if my baby is getting enough? And so not necessarily focusing on the clock, but just looking at their cues. Uh, when they come off on, off the breast on their own, right? Maybe it's more than 20 minutes or it might sometimes early on, it might be 30 minutes if you're counting that they're taking a break in between, you know, going from either the right to the left or the left to the right. Um, so I really try to make sure overall, just not focusing on that time, but more on the, like I said, on demand. Yeah. Feeding them as often. So um, they, they have other duties. They may have other children. They have a partner, a husband, so to speak, or a wife. How do you, um, how many times a day, is it five times a day? Or is it again, back to that on demand issue? On demand, um, always. Um, so one of the, <laughs> in, in, in the beginning, and I want to make sure that I share that because oftentimes people are like, oh my gosh, my baby is feeding so often. Like, why? That makes me feel like my baby is not getting enough. And sometimes it's usually the opposite. So there's a few things that I'll share. One of them is the size of their stomachs. Their newborn and these baby stomachs are very small. Um, and breast milk is easy to digest. So therefore, it kind of goes through a little bit frequently or faster. So they may show more signs or hunger and want to nurse kind of anywhere between like every two hours. But there's some babies who might want to feed, you know, every hour. So a lot of times when we're thinking about that initial like feeding and throughout the day, you want to just be there and be available and looking for their hunger cues to be able to then feed them versus, you know, okay, saying feed a baby eight times a day. You know what I mean? Now, you know, again, back to this issue, a lot of women are working. A lot of women um, are not able to stay home and feed on demand. Maybe they have four weeks off or maybe they only have two weeks off. Um, how do you find a pump? What is the best breast pump out there? Uh, or do you have any suggestions of the ones that maybe you know people have used in your support group? Um, so one of the biggest things that I've been hearing a lot lately even is just the fact that, and I like to think about pumps because since the Affordable Care Act has happened, there's been so many pumps on the market and it's like, do I want one that is, you know, on the go that I can take with me? Is there something that I'm looking for in a particular pump? So one of the biggest things that I tell people, and this is things to learn during your prenatal period too, um, which one really fits your needs? So thinking about the type of work that you do, there's some people who may work in a 
hospital or as a teacher, and they don't always have the opportunity to get you know those frequent breaks. So sometimes there's these pumps. Um, although, and I will say that when it comes to workplace, um, that is one of the barriers too. And people returning to work earlier, so therefore, if people are going back to work very frequently um, or can't you know yeah, stay home. Laws around that. There's laws around. Um, that mm-hmm. you know, allowing you a safe, clean space to pump your milk. That is a law. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it depends on the type of job you have as well. Yeah. If you're working in McDonald's, I, I don't know where in McDonald's you're going to go in the back. But, you know, this this is the issue that everybody doesn't have a nine to five salary, you know, $50,000 mm-hmm. a, 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 a year or more job, you know, so that they that they can, you know, do that. And I'll, I'll bring that up a little later, but I wanted to um, talk about the issue of where to store it and how best mm-hmm. to store breast milk. Because the pump, you got manual, you have electric, like you said, there's a variety of kinds. You got to fit to your lifestyle. Oh, but, but before I do that, actually, oh, what is that? Mm-hmm. What is this? What is this? Oh my God, a signed copy of Viola Davis's book. A signed mm-hmm. copy. If you want to win this book, hmm, you gonna have to tell me. Hmm, what was Natalie Cole's first album? You're gonna have to email me Natalie Cole's first album. My email address is Saturdays with Joy Keys at hotmail.com. You could win a signed copy of Viola Davis's book. And again, the first person who emails me Saturdays with joykeys at hotmail.com. You can win a copy. Sorry, I just wanted to put that in there. <laughs> so back to where do you store? Oh, wait, I see the people waving. We're talking about the pumps. Um, yeah, oh. I want to say hi to the people waving. If you have a question, please type your question because I have a little box that has a little question mark and, and it'll tell me if you have a question. Um, but so um, where should you store your milk and how should you store the milk? So, yeah, going back initially to the question right before that, where you were talking about the different pumps that are on the market. So, again, there's the Haka, which is one of the ones you can kind of pull on. And it's not even a a manual pump. But like you said, um, there's all different kinds of pumps that are out there on the market and really trying to find the ones that meet your needs um, and doing that research and knowing that um, depending on the type of insurance you have, you can order your pump prior to giving birth and having it before you go into the hospital in the event that awesome. you need it that is so, so that's really awesome. important you can get your pump paid for by your health insurance if you have it and i, I bet you I, i'm going to look into it there are probably health centers in a variety of states that might also offer something for for women because again everybody doesn't have health insurance or you might have medicaid mm-hmm. insurance mm-hmm. um but every state is different um and there are a lot of um like la leche and different other uh breast uh, feeding organizations around the country um, that that can help, um, and I bet you they know. It's just like yours, probably know of places that might uh, offer free. Do you know of any ones here in Philadelphia? Yep. Mm-hmm. So I will say that ideally it is through your insurance, but sometimes they have stipulations. So if you've had a baby, sometimes already within two years, you might not be eligible again. So it's important to check in with your individual insurance provider because sometimes those things can you know, play a role. But ideally, the first one is going through your insurance. Um, if you qualify for WIC, WIC is another opportunity where they will allow you to um, use the pump for free as a rent. You rent 
rent it for a period of time. As long as you're breastfeeding, you can rent a pump through your local I, I, office. When I, my daughter was born, and I did not, they did not have that feature at that time. Um, you know, they, that's awesome. So that's that's something new. I'm all, my daughter's like 28 now, so that's what, how long ago it was. But so that's great. So um, I uh, did you have any other options? the pumps or you want to go to the storage we can talk about storage too that's totally oh. fine to talk about storage no it's so you <laughs> yeah so uh, when we're talking about pumping and storing depending on where you are that's also important but ideally um if you want i always say this too um i want you to understand even in the beginning this period of time people think about like okay storing milk or having a lot of milk as soon as you pump but that's not always ideal or realistic either okay so sometimes people think just right off the bat they're going to start producing five ounces and have sometimes with social media, you know, you see these store, um, these, uh, what are they called? <laughs> like freezer stashes full of milk. So just kind of being mindful of not necessarily when you see those things to compare because you never know what's happening on the back end. But when it comes to storing your milk, you can store it in the refrigerator and um, milk bags or food safe um, pump bags um, or within a bottle. Uh, in the refrigerator for at least four to five days. Can you freeze? The, um, can you freeze it? Yes, you can also freeze it. So if you were to freeze it, one of the best ways to do that is get the additional air out of it and then kind of lay it flat. Because if you go to stand it up, then it kind of can create a little funky way to how do you store something like that. But when you go to take it out of the freezer, you can thaw it under running it under warm water, um, not microwaving it. Yeah. And also in the refrigerator. So you take it from the freezer. I like to think about meat and how we take meat out and we might thaw it out in the freezer um, from the freezer to the refrigerator overnight and leave it like that. That's another way that you can thaw out your milk and um, give it back to your baby. You know, that's an issue um, you mentioned of microwave because you don't want it too cold for the baby. Um, so that's a really important, I mean, too hot, I'm sorry, for the baby. So that's an important issue about not necessarily microwaving it because um, mm -hmm. then you're going to have to wait till it cools back down or something like that. Uh, this brings me to or it can create hot spots, like hot spots. Like you have you ever warmed something up in a microwave and one part is really hot and another part is really cold? That's the same thing that can happen with milk. And if you go to feed that to your baby, then sometimes that can happen as well. Yeah, that that's crazy. So this brings me to the issue of getting your partner involved because they don't have breastfeeding, they're not producing milk. What's the best way to get the, the partner involved in feeding the baby uh, once you actually have pumped it and everything? Mm -hmm. So other ways, if you're early on and not necessarily maybe pumping just yet, having your partner do other things, right? Hold the baby, burp the baby, bathe the baby to give you that opportunity in between nursing. But then let's say you have gotten to pumping. Um, I will always share that one of the biggest things that we don't talk enough about is pace bottle feeding. Um, so that way it's giving the baby an uh, opportunity to take their time finishing the bottle because on average it can take a good 10 to 15 minutes before the signal goes from the baby's stomach to their brain saying that they're full. So babies are finishing the bottles in less than, you know, five minutes. They may still show signs of hunger. So for those support people or the partners who are helping to feed the baby, um, just kind of taking that into consideration when they are feeding the baby. So that way, you know, they won't give them, you know, uh, two and three or four and five ounces for a two week old baby right two days old mm -hmm. yeah yeah so that's important now this brings me to the issue of um 
going back to breastfeeding at work, but breastfeeding in public, how do you deal with that? How because that's a big problem. Some people are like, "You shouldn't be doing." Oh my god, I can't believe your breast. And it's like, this is my child. This is the way to like the best nutrients in it. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you say in your support group? How do you support women who maybe be in public uh, to to maybe venture that out, or even if they have to go to the bathroom? What what do you talk? How do you how do you support them in that mm-hmm. breastfeeding in public? Yeah, do it at, at on the go, like you said. So for and within the support group, we talk about that. And sometimes people feel uncomfortable enough in navigating how, what kind of positions they really want to do. Um, so sometimes it may mean, uh, you know, I've nursed in the back of my car because <laughs> that's where I felt comfortable at times. Or if you're out in public, I think some of the biggest things, especially with younger babies, is trying to figure out really good positions that they feel comfortable with. And also the clothing that you wear, because sometimes you don't always think about like, if this shirt or this dress really does help you get to your boob fast enough, you know, or if it's really revealing. So one um, tip I do like to share for people sometimes wearing like a t-shirt method, like a two t-shirt method. So if you have like a tank top or a cami under it and you have like a t-shirt, you can lift up the the, the outer t-shirt and then pull down the tank top below. So that way it's not necessarily revealing all of your stomach or other the areas where your body that you may not feel comfortable with sharing or showing. Right. That's a little, um, I never thought about that one because I had the uh, the bras that the, the snap down. Um, mm-hmm. I would just go like into the bathroom or go somewhere. I, I never felt comfortable like say sitting on a park bench and breastfeeding my, my baby. Um, but uh, you know. So whenever I see people now, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no. No, I was just saying that whenever I see people now, because I know that it's something where some people get uh, rude comments or negative, like mean stares, I yeah. smile. Sometimes I'm like, I love the fact that I'm seeing you breastfeed. That just makes me so happy. You know, I share different resources sometimes if they're open to that. But just overall, just looking with a smile and just like letting people know that I I, I support that and commend that's that. Because sometimes that's mm-hmm. really great because, you know, it's really weird that we could have a baby come between our legs but we can't use our breasts to feed but we can have breasts sexually like breasts are like Mm -hmm. only sexual items you know what i mean but Mm -hmm. this is like nourishing a life and yeah you know and it's making you not me making you the outer person uncomfortable why like this is like great you know because let's talk about that um the nutrients that are mm-hmm. in breast milk and like do, can you talk a little bit about the importance and, and why that might be um so uh, so good for the baby yeah, it's good for baby and the birthing parent. So uh, when you think about different nutrients for the baby, it has antibodies within the milk that really helps to change. So one of the things that people don't may not always know about breast milk, it is living. If you take it and look under a microscope, you see it moving. Um, and so those antibodies are really designed to help with strengthening the immune system of that individual infant. Yeah, And um, it changes. So for a baby who is lactating, 
breastfeeding or breastfeeding at um, latching to the breast, a little bit of saliva gets into that nipple and there's some levels of communication. So then that milk then changes if the baby has been exposed to something or if the birthing parent has been exposed to something too, then that milk can change to meet those needs. So one day it might look, you know, a little bit more like uh, green in color or lighter green or changing in colors or even just the nutrients and the contents within that milk can change based off of what uh, the either the parent or the infant has been exposed to. So that's really cool about breast milk. Absolutely freaking amazing that we can do that, that we have that ability in our bodies, you know, to, to do something like that. I mean, I'm just blown away that you're, you're sharing this information. I want to talk about um, now we're going to we're going to say how long are we going to do it for six months, three months, a year, two years. You know, you have the people that are the baby, the child is four years old and, and, and breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. What is your opinion on that? How long should you continue in terms of like months and days and years to feed your child? I say it's up to that individual family to be able to make the decision on how long they want to. But I will say that the longer a person breastfeeds, so remember I was sharing benefits about the birthing parent too. Um, there's benefits that extend past that first two years of life. So it's really important if we think about compared to maybe um, the U.S. compared to maybe other countries, there are places who normalize that and see babies being breastfed, even older children, um, where we don't always see that here. And yeah. so when we do see it, we question it and we look at it like it's taboo or weird or, you know, all those things. But ideally... I would say leaving it up to the individual, but two years, three years is really, really great. Yeah. Now they can't eat food until six months, correct? Is that is mm-hmm. that still the case? Yes. They, they don't want yes. to eat food. Um, and I know people try to like uh, mix stuff. Now let's talk mm-hmm. about bottled milk, even though we're talking about breastfeeding, but I do want to talk about the issue of can you breastfeed and uh, bottle uh, or, or say artificial milk, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, at the same time? So um, if you're breastfeeding, yes, you can also supplement with formula. And I know there's a lot of people who do it. Um, so being able to give your baby both. But I think the really biggest thing to know and what's important within that um, is after a few months, like you were talking about, the milk of the formula content continues to increase. So five, six ounces, seven ounces and things like that. But breast milk, ideally, it stays around four to five ounces. Um, but the contents within it changes. Um, But again, the other thing about that too, with formula, and again, there's nothing wrong with doing both um, at all. And I support people who do both. Uh, I think the biggest thing that can be different between the two is like I was sharing earlier about how it can be easier to digest. So for breast milk, it may go through their systems faster where, you know, formula might sit a little bit longer. So they may go longer stretches between feet. So it's really important to understand how, you know, those different dynamics and introducing both supplementing with formula and breast milk to the baby can be. Yeah. So it's the, the, back to the individual situation of the baby and the mom. And I know that, I don't know if this, this is still true, or uh, I remember that breastfeeding also helped the mom in terms of losing weight. Mm-hmm. Is that still the case? 
Yeah. So yeah. there's yes, there's other things that it does help with, too. So um, early postpartum after delivery is helping to contract the uterus back to its original size. Um, so people say, oh, breastfeeding, I feel cramps sometimes because I'm breastfeeding It's because it's all connected and the uterus is contracting back to its you know, smaller state. Yeah. Um, uh, so that then can help with postpartum hemorrhage and bleeding and all those other things. Um, other benefits for the parent can be reduce, like um, decreased risk over time of developing osteoporosis, different types oh. of ovarian and breast cancers. Yeah. Um, so yeah. there's a lot of different Studies benefits. About the reduced chance of having breast cancer if you've breastfed. Now, mm-hmm. let's go to, oh, wait, I got something else here. I got something else. Because we're coming down to the wire about to finish up. But what is this? Oh, my God. Billy Porter, a signed copy of Billy Porter's book. What? Do you want this book? Do you want this book? I think a lot of people might want this book. Billy Porter, signed copy of the book. So if you want to win a signed copy of the book, um, let's see. Um, What was his first play that he was in? What was the first play that he was in? Uh, if you can find that out, email me at SaturdaysWithJoyKeys at Hotmail.com. The first person to do that will get this book. Again, SaturdaysWithJoyKeys at Hotmail.com. Signed copy, Billy Porter's book. Okay. So, go ahead. What, you were saying that, um, sorry, I know I interrupted you. <laughs> um, let, let's talk about the issue of um, if they don't latch on. Mm-hmm. So if they don't latch on and you're having challenges with latching, then I think that's also why it's important to know where to get those resources. If that's something that is happening, then sometimes, you know, you might need additional support. So having a finding or having a local lactation consultant come to your home or, you know, you come to their office or wherever they're located to get that additional help to walk you through, maybe seeing if there's some challenges um, or if there's some reasons behind the baby not being able to latch, because we don't always think about that either. Um, babies are so tight and there's different muscles that they use in their tongue and things like that that can interfere with their ability to latch. And so, so if those things are not often addressed. Yeah, we don't like, you know, there's a, like you said, when, I think when we began, it's like, oh, it should be easy. Go on the thing, have the baby. Oh, the baby latches on. Oh, you breastfeed, blah, blah. But there's all these different things that can happen in between. And, mm-hmm. you know, are they doing it right? Oh, I think I went out. I think my thing went out. Okay, yeah. conscious about if they're doing it correctly. Um, you know, how come it's not working for me? Um, I want you to mention your support group again that's here in Philadelphia mm-hmm. um, and, and how they can how people can um, reach the, the group. Sure. Um, I would say a lot of people do sometimes feel that guilt and shame for not being able to have those experiences the way that they do. And so that's why it's really important to join support groups like Bay. So Bay Cafe um, is held Tuesday evenings virtually from um, 5 to 6.30. Sometimes we even go longer. <laughs> than that depending on the conversation um and it's via zoom so if you are interested i would say to follow bay underscore hood b-a-e underscore h-o-o-d um on instagram and you can find the links to register there um it is definitely not my organization it is one of my mentors organizations who i really really love so i'm just going to shout out them right now um and 
since we are upcoming on Black Breastfeeding Week tomorrow, August 25th through the 31st, yeah. uh, we are having an annual BBQ for Bay uh, this upcoming Sunday in Clark Park in Philly, if you are in the Philly area. Um, so there's a lot of different games and activities and things like that, and, uh, opportunities to connect with other people in the city who may be breastfeeding, or if you're planning to breastfeed, I would say come out. Now, you can if register somebody, that. If somebody wants to hire you, what should they mm -hmm. do? Are you out for hire, so to speak? <laughs> Are you up for hire? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, with my practice, it is called Lactation Goddess. And I do serve areas of South Jersey as well as the Philadelphia area. And what people can do is if they're interested in that, um, I do have a link within my bio on my Instagram page, um, as well as my website, which is www.lactationgoddess.com. Um, and on there, there's the actual spot where, where they can book me for services. That's really if great. You have, and I am in what network about, with certain insurance companies. Oh, sorry, say that again? No, I was going to say I am in network with some insurance companies. So that way people may not have to pay out of pocket. But those are all listed on my website as well. Now, what about, just real quick, I know we went over time a little, nationwide organizations like La Leche or some mm -hmm. other things. What other groups are out there if you're not in Philadelphia and you're in Atlanta or Georgia or California? Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of amazing organizations. Um, some of them I'll shout out now, which is Rose Reaching Our Sisters Everywhere. That is an organization that is in Atlanta, but they do provide and support uh, for people throughout the country and resources and training for people who are interested in becoming breastfeeding uh, uh, professionals. Um, another one is Black um, Black Mamas Breastfeed. So that is a organization out in Detroit. But again, they do offer uh, support groups for that local Detroit area, but they also host uh, annual conferences um, virtually for the last couple of years. Um, there's a lot. There's definitely a lot. Well, you, Another... know what? you send them to me and maybe I'll try to post them on Twitter or on my Facebook page and things like that. We can't list all of them. But I want to thank you so much, uh, Nashida, for coming on and talking to me about breastfeeding. Again, I'm very passionate about just empowering people with knowledge and letting mm -hmm. them know, you know that there's support out there that looks like them um, and, and that may be going through something similar. Um, again, this is uh, National Breastfeeding Awareness Month. And as you mentioned, um, tomorrow starts uh, Breastfeeding Week. Um, so again, if you're interested, this show will be, the audio of this show will be posted um, on uh, after, well, I'll try to get it tomorrow. I said 12 on Sunday, but I'll, maybe I can try to get it up there tomorrow um, if you missed the first part of it. And you can share it with friends and family. It'll be on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google, um, Stitcher, Spotify, Blog Talk Radio. Um, and the audio, the video will still be on Instagram. Um, I'm Joy Keys. I'm on Twitter, at Joy Keys. Also on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. And on Instagram here, Saturdays with Joy Keys. Um, thank you, thank you, and thank you. Um, and good luck to everybody for trying to win uh, one of the books. Oh, what is this? Maybe one more book? Okay, one more book. Okay, this is it. This is it. Okay. Uh, Janelle Monet's book, signed copy, Janelle Monet. What was her first album? Email me, Saturdays with Joy Keys at hotmail.com. This is the last one. Janelle Monet, signed copy. <laughs> I like Janelle Monet. <laughs> all, right, all right. Well, uh, maybe you can win, Nashita. I don't know. <laughs> um, 
I thank everybody. I want to wave at the people who are there. Um, I didn't see anybody pop a question in, but again, thank you guys for waving. And uh, I'll see you guys later on with a different show. Thank you, Nashida. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your night. Okay, you too. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Hey, good evening. Um, thank you guys for tuning in if you're out there. This month is Breastfeeding Awareness Month, so I'm going to be doing